Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, we're back with the Brand Matters podcast. I'm Josh, your host. Thanks again for tuning in. This week, I want to talk about Upside-down market entry. It's the topic of a roundtable I gave at the NextWeb New York conference yesterday, and I thought I'd share some of the insights with you to see if it's helpful for your business. When I talk about upside-down market entry, what I mean is that with the advent of the internet, especially mobile, as well as a number of other different business factors, the path for global expansion has been turned on its head. Previously, businesses had to start from a local context And then if they wanted to go global, they needed to do it progressively and pick a market and come up with a strategic plan and research it and enter and then go to the next market and hopefully expand. Maybe they could do one region at a time, but there was a lot of investment that would go into market expansion. For Chino Mobile, we found that it was actually possible to be a global company from day one with the help of mobile application stores. So it was possible for us to take a utility app and then choose the countries we wanted to release it in and be global with our apps like CleanMaster. We had a very international audience, even if we didn't have a physical presence in those specific markets. From a branding perspective, I think now with social media and the internet, we really need to think about our companies as global companies from day one. Not all of us are developing mobile software, so you might not have the advantages that come from just being able to distribute very easily across markets. But at the same time, if you are connecting with the public and your brand is out there in the wild, chances are it is having a global impact. And that might mean, let's say you're making t-shirts. Well, maybe someone visits the U.S. and they go home and they wear that shirt in their country. Now your brand has an extension to that market. But it's not even just a physical presence. Let's say another customer buys your shirt and they take a photo of it and put it on Instagram. Well, chances are their Instagram following has people from all sorts of different countries. And so the people in those markets will now have an impression and an experience with your brand. So I want to encourage us to really think about our brands growing as global companies and not just globalization is a step that you take after you've hit a certain number of local goals. I went on Google and pulled a few different examples of how companies used to do market expansion. And this is what I call the old model before things really flipped upside down. And often companies would start with one strategy, and then two, they would do some market research. Three, they would look for a partner and and find someone to work with. Four, they would start to do some planning, then agree on a specific execution and then five, enact their market entry. What I found in today's market is this process is, in some cases, too slow. And by the time you get done with your market research and you start looking for a partner, maybe a local startup has already copied your model or your innovations and is already entrenched in their local market. Or you might find that entering a new market is particularly messy, and all the strategy and research that you did as you start to enter the market doesn't really work out the way you planned. To the point I made earlier, your company is already a global brand in many cases. You may find that taking all these steps 
to dip your toe into this new market is actually counter to the existing customers and community and brand recognition and story that's already been told within the market you're trying to reach. So when I flip it on its head, I actually want to go go backwards and pursue a, a different process. And this is a simplified version of the model that we've used at Chino Mobile to enter several markets around the world, many of them developing, but also the US and Europe. At Cheetah, we call this path from global to local. And what I mean by that is, since we had a global business from day one with the help of mobile application stores, as we wanted to grow our business, we had to start taking local approaches in addition to our existing global footprint. And that I think is the real advantage of, of market entry is when you do things right, you can really dive deeper into the markets that are important to you and leap off of the existing goodwill that your brand has in that market, hopefully, and then use that goodwill to push even further toward your objectives. So when I take the old model and flip it on its head, I want to start from the other end and zoom out. So the first point in this new model is recognizing that your brand is already present. This speaks to understanding the story that your brand is already telling in that market, even in small ways, whether it's social media impressions or a handful of customers or local media coverage that your brand got as part of a global conversation. So we're starting from the idea that our brand is already out in the wild in the market that you want to reach. And so the next step for us is to start with uh, near-term planning and course correction. And what I mean by that is often if you haven't been proactive about your presence in this market, you may find that the story that's being told, the impression that you're making is not the one that you want to make. And so you're going to have to start taking steps to introduce yourself to the market and start to correct to tell the right story. The third step is also partner selection. So this is similar to the old model where after taking a couple steps, now it's very important to find the right person to work with. And for us at Cheetah, that could be one of a few different ways. Often we find the right person to hire and we either hire them from another market and send them over or take someone from our existing team and commission them to be an entrepreneurial presence in this new market. Sometimes we're finding people in the local market to hire and help us to enact that entry. And then other times we're investing in startups or acquiring companies to help us expand. And then sometimes it can be a joint venture or a, a partnership. The fourth step for me is when the detailed market research comes in. And I call this execution-informed market research to help your brand scale from just jumping into the market to actually really taking control and taking over the market. And then the last point is long-term strategic planning. So once you've taken stock in the market and started to understand it and aim in the right direction, then you can really zoom out and put together your bigger plan for how to really build something that lasts in this new country. So whereas the old model started from strategy and market research and moved through partnership into planning and executing, the upside down market entry model actually works backwards and says, okay, we're already in this market from a brand perspective. So let's figure out how to start to guide the conversation and then find the right people to work with. And then as that is set in motion, that's when we can do research and, and strategic planning to really add fuel to the fire. And I recognize that for some people, it may feel uncomfortable to jump first and not feel like you have this huge plan in place. But again, one thing is at Cheetah, we are moving so quickly that starting with strategic planning is often too slow for us. 
because of competition, because of the pace of our business, because of the priorities from the headquarters team. I'm not saying that people should go in blind and just start doing things without knowing why they're doing them. Certainly, we need to have proper objectives and we need to agree on the overall plan. But what I want us to do is avoid some of the more traditional MBA way of thinking, which is to line up all the ducks and then proceed in order and be more fluid with getting right into the market and understanding it and reacting to what's already going on there and finding the good things and nurturing those. One, one important point for us as we've looked to new markets is being successful with the market expansion is for us a combination of your founding culture and the local context. What I mean is that your company's DNA needs to be replicated and reproduced in this new market team. And if you don't do that, it's really just going to be a, a small satellite office. It's not really going to be able to act independently and effectively in the market. And at the same time, if you're just reproducing your company culture, but you're not adapting and evolving to the specific needs and style of the local market, then you're also doing it wrong. There is a bit of tension between those two points. Sometimes the company culture is going to be really strong and it's not always going to feel like it aligns directly with how things are done in this new market. Other times the new office will get really embedded in the local context and headquarters will start to feel like the team has gone too much in that direction. So for us, it's really important to strike a balance. When we identified the U.S. as a really important market for us, our senior executives began spending a lot of time here. We hired a CTO that was from the U.S. and we established our Silicon Valley office as a dual headquarter so that we could make sure that we had that founding DNA as a starter for our offices here in the U.S. There was a quote recently from Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, that I found was really interesting. And he was sharing advice that he gave to Amazon founder Jeff Bezos like 10 years ago about entering China or expanding to other markets. And he, he told Jeff, please send people with entrepreneurial spirit, not professional management, because wherever you go, doing business in another country is very difficult. This is a great expression of how Cheetah Mobile views things, which is we want to foster that entrepreneurial spirit when we're entering new markets. And rather than sending people with really strong business acumen and professional management backgrounds, we want to treat these market entries as building small startups that are part of a bigger hole. So why is it that market entry has changed so much? I know I mentioned the, the internet piece, but I think there are a few other points that, that make this a perfect storm for a nimbler global expansion. One is remote work has become much easier. So you have companies like WeWork or different co-working spaces in startup hubs that just make it so much easier to have your initial presence in the market be faster. You don't have to wait to get all your real estate figured out and to get everything lined up. You can have a couple people dive into the market right away. Second is back office support has become much easier. Cheetah Mobile America uses Trinet for a lot of our back office functions. It's great for our benefits and helps us manage our time off and reimbursements. And this really streamlined a lot of the infrastructure that we needed to build a team here. And yes, we've added a full HR admin and internal support team to the U.S. as the market has grown for us. But we didn't have to lead with that. And that made it a lot easier for us to enter the market. So I know there are several startups and at different sizes that are working with trying to help 
piece together some of these HR functions remotely or outsourced so that it's easier for companies to focus on the bigger challenges ahead of them. And the last is some of the bigger picture with what the internet has opened up for us now, whether it's video conferencing, chat apps like WeChat and WhatsApp and Skype or collaboration suites like Slack and Google Apps. These have all combined together to make it very easy to work together remotely and to do it quite affordably. With an internet connection, you're directly synced up with your headquarters and you don't have to worry as much about the long distance telephone calls or passing documents back and forth and sending faxes. The last point I want to make is because entering a new market is so messy, it's really important to remember to find your bridge. And what I mean by that is that you need to find the right person or organization or partner to help connect you to this new market, to help introduce you to it, help you understand it. And also sometimes that bridge can be two ways and, and you can help a partner in your home market or you can find some really great ways where working together actually makes you both stronger. One of the strategies we've used at Cheetah Mobile is an early hire that we make in uh, a new strategic market for us is a, a local journalist. And we'll find someone who understands how the market works and is connected with the media ecosystem in that market. And we'll invite them to be part of our new venture to reach that market. So that was something that Cheetah Mobile did for Taiwan and India. And it's something that my bosses did when they asked me to join Cheetah three years ago to help with our expansion into the US. And it was a great learning experience for me to join up and to see what was in store for this new market. But of course, it doesn't have to be a journalist. Our international business development team has also often been the tip of the spear into new markets. And we're really thankful for that team and how experienced they are at finding great partners in new markets that we are entering and opening up the opportunities that come from standing alongside a friend in that market. Not all markets are created equal. And so we have to recognize that some are going to be more difficult to enter than others. But what I wanted to share today was a, a framework to help us think through how does this digital age we're in and so many of the tools that are built on top of it make it possible for us to move more quickly in taking a ready global business and putting local roots down to really make the most out of a market presence in our top priority markets. So if your company is thinking about expanding into some new regions, I hope that some of this info is helpful as you think through how to make it work for your specific business. Thanks again for listening to Brand Matters this week. I'm Josh Ong, and this episode has been produced by Sebastian Liu. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.